0: Hello and welcome to the Yosemite Area Creatives Podcast. My name is Tom Schiavon and I'm recording from Yosemite Cowork in Oakhurst, California. I'll be your host as we yak with artists and artisans from the picturesque Sierra Mountains surrounding Yosemite National Park.
1: Yosemite Cowork is designed for people who work from home, entrepreneurs, and anyone else who wants to get work done without distractions. The space features standard desks, an upgraded desk with monitor and dock, and a conference room that can be reserved for calls or private meetings. Customers can work from just a few hours to a full day, and monthly plans allow unlimited, 24-7 access to the office and discounted conference room reservations. With 250-megabit internet in a quiet environment, it's a perfect place to take conference calls, perform high-bandwidth tasks or just be able to focus on a project. Included in any pass is free reverent coffee, Tarzo tea, and bottled water, as well as printing, scanning, or faxing. Whether you just need to take a few calls or to escape from the kids long enough to finish a task, Yosemite Cowork is an ideal place to get work done. Interested in learning more? Visit yosemitecowork.com to view pictures of the space and see pricing options.
0: I like to refer to myself as a scammature photographer. I make pretenses, but I'm not actually very good at it. Our guest today, Mike Amati of Mariposa, is the complete opposite. I first came across his work at the Mariposa County Fair while walking through the photography exhibit. I have pretty active eight and 11-year-old kids, so there isn't much time to slow down and enjoy photographs. But as I made my way through the hall, there was one name on work that consistently caught my eye. I decided to look him up on Facebook and send him a message expressing my appreciation of his work. And despite the subtle stalkery undertones of such a request, he responded kindly. I found out later he received 22 awards at the fair. I didn't speak with Mike again until I decided to start the podcast. He was one of the first names I came up with when putting together a list of guests. He agreed to meet with me and chat about the podcast, and he was warm, kind, and encouraging. When we talked about his work, I got chills a few times, and we ended up talking for far longer than usual. I actually had to break the conversation into two episodes. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. All right, so today we're talking with Mike Amadi. And uh, if you could, Mike, just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, the work that you do.
2: Professionally, I'm semi-retired, but I'm a cybersecurity expert, and uh, I, uh, I still do work there, you know, kind of critical infrastructure, cybersecurity, and, uh, I do writing and blogging for some companies, um, and consulting, you know, it's, it's kind of a nice, uh, you know, it's, it's enough to pay the bills and the mortgage, you know, my passion really is, um, I mean, I have several, I I love, to cook. I used to be a chef, but, uh, I think probably my passion and kind of what drew me out here is the fact that I, I love photography. And uh, you know both digital and and film and uh, yeah I, uh, I I'm enjoying my quiet somewhat reclusive mountain life you know I haven't lived in the Bay Area for many years um, so
0: yeah it's it's quite a difference I I know that when I go back to the Bay I'm appalled by the amount of uh, traffic lights and traffic it's it's definitely a, a mind. Uh, a mind change when you go back into into the bay. Yeah, I always tell people it's like I can't
2: deal with traffic out here for me. Especially, I live in Mariposa, so you live in Oakhurst, uh, which is worse. <laughs> but uh, um, for me, a, ta- a traffic jam is ten cars. Right. When I see ten cars, I'm like, "What the hell's going on here?" Right. Right. You know? <laughs> and then I go to the city, and, and you know, it's just it, it just drives me crazy anymore. You
0: know? right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a different a different feeling. So, uh, you mentioned, uh, photography pulling you out here. Um, what is it about the Yosemite area, um, as opposed to maybe any other area that really drew you out and, and, um, kind of makes you want to photograph out here?
2: Well, I've enjoyed photography for a very long time. Um, in my youth, um, of course, uh, as a young man and, in uh junior high school back in the days where you had to do everything in a dark room. Um, you know, one of the first people you hear about, of course, is Ansel Adams. And, uh, you know, when I moved to California after, actually, I was here quite a, quite a long time, probably oh, close to, uh, uh, six, seven years before I actually even ventured to Yosemite. And, um, you know, of course, uh, I, uh, I remember just the, the first time I walked into Yosemite, uh, it was just a, it was it was a very, it was a spiritual experience, right? Um, it just sort of like floods over you. A lot of people say that when they feel it, it's just so overwhelming how beautiful Yosemite is. Um, and then, uh, you know, I visited a few times and decided I just wanted to have a place out here. and got a place out here and eventually moved here full time. Uh, Somewhere along the lines, um, after years of doing digital photography, uh, which was like the new thing, uh, I think I found a couple of uh, old Canon AE-1s at a yard sale in Mariposa. And um, I I was able to talk the person into selling me both of them for 20 bucks. I didn't even know if they worked because they need batteries. And of course, they both worked. Uh, one was better than the other and I, I I loaded it with film and I remember going to the park and uh, the camera had a light leak which is common on old cameras you know um, but when I got the pictures back uh, all those memories of film photography just came flooding back and I just said um, I just need to live here full time and I need to uh, exercise my passion in photography and uh, yeah, I ended up here and sold my place in the Bay Area for what I think was an obscene amount of money compared to what I paid for it and and moved out here and here I stay today.
0: Yeah, I think that first time in the park, the first time when you're going down the road and El Cap just kind of like appears yeah. above uh, the tree line and the first time you go to Inspiration Point and the first time at Glacier Point are... Um, memorable experiences, I think I've mentioned it talking to somebody else, but the first time I went to Glacier Point and you, you see it out there and it, it looks, it looked fake. It looked like one of those movie mm-hmm. Western painted backgrounds because it's, it's almost too majestic. So it's not hard to see why, why that would draw you out here.
2: Yeah, it's, it really is. And that, that was actually uh, Ansel Adams' favorite point, And it's my favorite place as well. Um, you know, I always explain to people that can see it in pictures right but when you're at glacier point you're at 7,000 foot elevation so besides the fact that you're uh seeing it in pictures you're also kind of like lightheaded right and that with the beauty just has a completely interesting experience on you all of a sudden you literally feel like you're like kind of like floating there you know and it's it's heavenly and majestic and you, you just sit there and just stare at it and say, I, I can't believe that it, that something this beautiful actually exists and that I'm standing right here, experience it. So um, you can capture it, like I said, in images, but it's so difficult sometimes to really explain the feeling you get being in Yosemite National Park. And I call it my church, you know, it's just my, you know, it's my sanctuary.
0: I think I remember something on your Facebook profile, a quote, and Excuse me if I get it wrong, but it was something like digital photography is what you see, and and was it film or analog is what you feel? Right. Yeah. Digital digital photography captures what you see, and uh,
2: um, and and film actually, I, I believe, captures what you feel. Um, and I guess what I mean by that is that. Uh, you know, I I'm I'm not a, I'm not at all opposed to digital photography. I use it all the time. In fact, uh of the 10 blue ribbons I won at the county fair, 8 of them were taken with an iPhone, believe it or not. And and they've gotten incredible. I mean, I've got other digital cameras, but the iPhone is just a, an amazing camera if you use it properly. Um but you know, film is it's a very uh, oh, all-encompassing tactical experience you open a box and you take the film out and then the film has a scent right and you open a camera and this beautiful mechanical thing and you load the film and you thread it and you wind it and there's a tactical feel and there's sounds associated with it then you take your pictures you have to focus and compose and adjust the metering and 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 things like that and then you have to wind it back up and take it out and i also process it and there's a smell associated with that and then you you know you have your negatives and you look at them and then you scan them and eventually print them And you incorporate so many different senses as opposed to digital, where you just kind of like pull it out of your pocket and goes, hey, that was good and click, right? And you get a great picture, right? Uh, But but the other thing about digital is that it's, it's, like I said, it's clinical, you know? It's very sharp now. I mean, um, where, uh, you know, to me, and I say, I guess it captures what you see or what the camera sees or what's there. But the feeling I get from looking at something is based upon my eyes. And my eyes don't really see things as sharply as digital camera does. It's more like film sees it, right? So I get that full feeling when I look at a, print, as a, as a, fo- at a film uh, photograph because it actually more mimics what I saw and what I felt at the
0: time. That's that's amazing, I love that. Yeah, I think we were talking about before, uh, you know, I've got some photography uh, myself. I usually call myself a, a scammature uh, <laughs> photographer um, and mine's in the bathroom. And uh, <laughs> we actually talked about, uh, you know, that, that might not be a bad gallery. Uh, no,
2: no, I have a, quite a few really nice shots actually in my bathroom and people compliment them. I mean, look, you, you spend a lot of time there sometimes, you know? um and uh it can be boring so it's nice to have something to look at and people come out and like those are great pictures in your bathroom i'm like i'm glad i was able to enhance your bathroom experience yeah yeah (laughs) with my (laughs) with my bathroom gallery but uh um but you know you say it's funny you say you're a scammature and people talk about oh you're 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 great or you know whatever uh, you know and the, the very fine you know nice thank you but i always tell people i go you know the difference, and people ask you sometimes, you know, about this, and I said, you know, the difference between a, I guess, a, a good photographer and, and one that isn't is that a, a good photographer takes a lot of pictures, probably a lot more pictures than other people, but you only show people the good ones, right? <laughs> right. So for every one photograph that you see that you think is really beautiful, there's probably another thousand that you know ended up on the cutting floor, right?
0: right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Top practice. Yeah. And I like what you said about the um the experience of it because I have felt that sometimes uh with a digital camera you do take it out, you take the picture and then you're like you're done, right? Like right. it's not there's not a really a process with it. It's kind of um maybe more like our our regular days, right? Where you're just going around and you're you're doing things and you're trying to get uh get things done. And so it's just another task. So you just take the picture, whereas, um, yeah, there's something about film where um, I'm learning in my own life. uh, There's a benefit to kind of pulling away and slowing things down and being a little bit more reflective. Um,
2: Yeah, well, I mean, so one of the things that you completely take out of the equation with digital photography um, is you take away um, all of the anticipation, right? Right. You have that immediate gratification of looking at the picture and then that's it. You're done. Right. And then you might look at it again when you post it on, you know, social media or maybe go so far as to print it. Although most people don't even bother printing anything anymore. In fact, most of my photographs are not printed. Um, but I do print quite a few. Um, but you, know, like I said, the, um, the nice thing about film photography is that, you know, I'll shoot film, especially if I shoot color. I'll you know, I'll collect quite a few rolls, you know, sometimes over many months and then I'll process them. And then I relive the experience again. And, you know, it's like, oh, did they come out? Right. And what's it going to look like? You have no idea what you're going to get. And then there's this whole new, like flooding of emotions that comes with dealing with that photograph again. Mm -hmm. Right. And and that's completely lost in the digital world. Um, And in fact, a lot of people today, especially, you know, children, they don't really understand the whole notion, the whole idea of just waiting patiently for something to sort you know, evolve, you know, it's like, um, I love to cook, right? And you could buy good food and you could buy packaged whatever and make something and quite good actually sometimes, right? But it's so much better if you plant a seed and grow something and, uh, when cooking, for example, there's something so much better about planting the seed, growing the vegetable or the fruit, harvesting it, preparing it from scratch, and then serving it, right? Or it's like when you're out camping or hunting and catching a fish and cleaning it and gutting it, and everybody always says it just tastes so much better, right? And why is that? because you just involve so many more senses and you also involve the anticipation part of it right and i think that that's one thing that's really missing today especially with young people is they don't understand the notion of patience and anticipation for pleasure
0: yeah i've i have a, an 8 year old and an 11 year old so i'm i'm definitely in the throes of trying to teach them how to to slow down and to enjoy and anticipate things um even myself i find when i go on hikes sometimes i'm more worried about the metrics of like am i making my pace rather than just stopping and looking around which here is everything everywhere you go is is pretty impressive
2: yeah yeah it's a, it's about enjoying the moment you know my my 11 year old daughter she entered uh she entered um a bunch of photographs in the youth uh, group at the county fair and I was proud of her. She won eight blue ribbons and based the show for her age group, right? Wow, which was like mind blowing. And uh, so I've given her film, you know, film recently, right? And uh, thankfully, young people are getting into the idea of film now, which is very interesting. It's actually what's causing film to skyrocket in price and even film, film cameras. Young people are starting to really enjoy the analog experience, and it's just wonderful to see her understand the, the you know, the whole point of slow down you know, focus and take pictures. And she's gotten really good at it, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm really proud of that because, uh, you know, I, when I was that age, I was really into photography. And she's already talking to me about doing photography as a business. I'm like, that's great, you know, just be patient. It's not always easy to make money today, but, you know.
0: I'd be interested to hear, we talked about some of the, the more famous uh, kind of landmarks in Yosemite. Um, is there is there one that you feel like you're able to capture the best and maybe is also is there one that you have to try a lot harder to get a good picture like you feel like you can't see it as well as some of the other ones
2: well um yeah i'll kind of answer that question in a couple of different parts um i sort of like have a pattern of things i do when i go to yosemite um if glacier points open i always try to get there you know but usually the first stop I make is um uh tunnel view, right? And uh tunnel view, of course, uh is one of the most majestic views in the park, if not the most majestic, except maybe Glacier Point, right? Um and uh uh usually when I go, and thankfully because I live nearby, I like to I like to see, I like to go on days that there where it's cloudy. All right i don't like what's called a bald sky just a plain blue sky is the most boring sky in the world right it's, it's very difficult to get a good picture if all you have is a blue sky but when you have clouds or fog in the valley you know um it's much easier to get pictures but the thing that's actually just really amazing to me about yosemite is i'll go and i've taken pictures of tunnel view hundreds of times right but it's a living thing right so it always looks different every single time you go and uh you know you could take that you go to that one spot or the same thing with glacier point or anywhere you go and it's always going to be different and it just reminds you that the park is alive right you know it's not just a bunch of stuff sitting there it's not like going to a museum and taking a picture of something that's always going to look the same no matter where every time you go and the amazing thing that the, about it too, is that even though it's alive and it's always changing, you could take a picture today and you could look at a picture at Yosemite that was taken a hundred years ago. And it just doesn't really look any different except for those little subtle differences, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can't tell when the picture was even taken anymore, especially if you do it in black and white, right? You know, because it's just, it's so unspoiled. So I really love tunnel, you know, tunnel view, uh, El Capitan, uh, Bridal Veil, um, the three brothers, you know, walking down to the river, um, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Swingin Bridge, Yosemite Chapel, uh, Sentinel Bridge, right? Of course, you know, by uh, there by Cook's Meadow, mm-hmm. and of course the view of Cook's Meadow. Um, I like to go to the Iwani and There's a spot, uh, you know, maybe I'm going to give it away now. Everybody's going to look at it if they hear it, you know. Um, But, you know, I like to walk behind the Iwani down to the river and there's a spot right close to the bridge where if you stand in in a certain spot, you've got this beautiful unspoiled view of Half Dome on the Merced River, right? And almost almost nobody ever goes back there, you know. It's like very quiet and secluded back there. And... uh, I love to take people there and they're like, wow, you know about this? And I said, it's really amazing when you think of looking at something like Half Dome, which has been photographed so many times that there's like a hundred different views of Half Dome in this park. And they're all different, right? Mm -hmm. Different angles, you know? Um, So, yeah, you know, it's just... um, You know, it's, it's, it's amazing because there's just, and of course, as I leave the park, this, you know, the Valley, you know, gates, the Valley, Valley view, uh, which again, always changes. And I really love, I really enjoy, uh, winter photography there, you know, when you have the snow, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and the ice there, but you know, it's, it's, it's always different. You know, you could go there a thousand times and you will always find something different and interesting every time you go.
0: Yeah, as we're talking, I think there's two or three things that are really sticking out to me. I think one that's unusual, and I think it could be either digital or film, right? Like, Is that a lot of what you're talking about is the experience of being where you were and then remembering it. Whereas I think a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this, in the Instagram world, you're taking a picture to be able to post it and to show it off, right? So there's a difference of like creating an experience for others, whereas you know sometimes you wanna create an experience for yourself, right? So you find that special spot behind the Awani where you get to see something that um, doesn't normally maybe get seen that way or photographed. I think I was talking about this with a friend the other day. They did a great job when they designed the park with the roads and the way that they go. Like, obviously, I don't know if it was a railroad before, but they blew a big hole in a mountain so that you could get a really good view <laughs> at right. tunnel view. Um, so uh, so I think that's one thing um, that's really kind of interesting about it is the the experience of um, is being able to return to an experience that you had uh, that's really more for yourself um, rather than it's easy to think of photography as I'm taking this so I can show it off as opposed to I'm taking this as a almost like Zen experience for myself.
2: Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, an excellent point. You know, I always tell people, I go, I take my photographs from me, right. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to capture. Um, and again, like I said, I'm trying to capture a feeling. And it's interesting. Like when you take a photograph, your digital or film, when you first look at it, you know, on the light table or, you know, or your, or your scan, um is it's you know you, you know I, I scan it and i you know it's it's like a flat image to me right um and i like to edit the photos you know with uh you know you know various editing apps usually on my iPad just simple you know um and when I edit my photographs I like to edit it so where it gets to the point where when I look at it it evokes the feeling I got when I took it. Okay. Right? So sometimes it's like, oh, that, th- that looks kind of flat, but I remember just being really vibrant, right, here. So I'll try to edit the photograph to make that look vibrant, right? It might, be, it might be just a certain spot, right, or a certain shadow. And I'll get to that point, I'm like, that's it. That's, you know, and when I when I get that feeling, that's when I have the final photograph, you know? And it's funny because sometimes in some of these photographs, people say, oh, you shouldn't edit photographs and, you know, you should just let the, you know, post it as you see it. And I said, you know, that's kind of stupid because, I mean, first of all, you know, even your digital camera does editing, believe it or not, whether or not you believe it does. But uh, if you actually even studied the work of Ansel Adams, he would spend like, you know, a minute taking a photograph and he would spend hours making the print. Mm -hmm. you know and you can look at some of his books for example when he printed something he had he would do what's called dodging and burning the light you know in the in the dark room and he had showed that his dodging and burning patterns and it'd be like something's like 80 different dodges and burns to get a print right Mm -hmm. and if you look at some of his most famous photographs like uh, moonlight Moonlight over Hidalgo or something like that you look at the original it's just horrible flat looking image but his edit is like now one of the most famous photographs in the world, you know? And I understand that. He wanted to get to that he wanted to get it to the point where it looked like it made him feel, mm-hmm. right? And that's the whole thing with me. It's like I want to capture something and then I want to have a permanent record of the way it feels so when I look at it I'm like, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember exactly how I felt when I when I took that picture and what the day was like.
0: Yeah, there's definitely that that disappointment sometimes when you take a picture and it when you were there, it felt like so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really a powerful feeling. And then you look at the print and it's like, oh, it doesn't, I, I don't think I've ever seen a picture that actually captures as amazing as anything looks in the park. But, you know, as, as amazing as any picture looks, I don't think it's ever evokes the feeling of being there. Um, but maybe I'm just not editing them right.
2: <laughs> well, you know, and like I said, there's some things you can capture. It's like I said, being at seven thousand feet elevation at Glacier Point, then you're you're actually like high, you know, right. because you know, you're 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 you have less oxygen, right? Mm-hmm. And you're looking at all this beauty and it's a completely different feeling. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I don't think you could ever capture that, you know. I can remember that though, right, to mm-hmm. a point, right? Um, but you can never really get anybody else to understand that. That's why I just tell people, I go, you can see it in pictures, but until you go there. you know, It's like uh, the Grateful Dead, I remember seeing them, well, when they were other words, like, yeah, I can listen to Grateful Dead music and it sounds great, but being at a concert is a totally different experience. Right. yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: There's a reason why people become deadheads and just yeah. follow them. It's
2: like, no, it's, not, it's a totally different experience.